Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are coming live into Jerry's world. That's right. Welcome to Jerry's world. I'm Jerry and I'll be your host. So just come on in, sit back and relax. This podcast will be about just about anything. You got the topics, we'll talk about them. Whether it's culture, movies, sports, food, film, music, even some bold hot takes. We'll talk about anything. Okay, with my first podcast falling on week 14 of the NFL season, right in the heart of the playoff picture for both the AFC and the NFC, I have decided to make my first podcast episode a pick'em episode where I take a look at the spreads and the over-unders for all this week's games, make my predictions as well. First up on the board, we have the Arizona Cardinals heading to MetLife to take on the New York Giants. The Giants are on a four-game win streak. Arizona has lost four out of five, and if it wasn't for a Hale Murray to DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the game against the Buffalo Bills, they would be on a five-game skid right now. The over-under in this game is 45.5, and the Giants are underdogs by three. Look, the Cardinals have a good offense. They've got Kyler Murray. They've got Hop. They've got Christian Kirk. They've got Kenyon Drake. They've got Larry Fitzgerald, who... Honestly, I don't know what's going on with Larry Fitzgerald right now. I don't know if he's still on the COVID list. I, he may be on the COVID list. He may not be on the COVID list. I mean, Godspeed to Larry Fitzgerald, one of the greatest wide receivers to ever play the game, but may not play this game. He may. He may not. I don't know. But, um... Uh, you know they've got they've got some good they've got some great players on on offense. Their defense though, you know they've got Buda Baker, you know, but injuries have piled up on defense. The Giants, on the other hand, it's kind of um uh, the opposite direction. They have a great defense. You know James Bradbury, Logan Ryan, Blake Martin, Blake Martinez, Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams, though Chase Coughlin too. You know. Uh, Last week against Seattle, went into Seattle, the Giants did, and they only held Russell Wilson to 12 points. They did not let Russ cook. It was a great win for the Giants, a statement win on their season as they try to take the NFC East for the first time since 2011. Since 2011, it's it's been a long time since the Giants have won that division. But um, uh, it's amazing to see what Joe Judge is doing there. Everybody thought the Giants would be one of the bottom feeders in a bottom feeding division. But here we are. Honestly, taking the Giants in this game. Plus, I'm taking the Giants straight up. I think that the Giants could do a good job of containing Kyler Murray. And if you contain Kyler Murray, then there goes the Cardinals offense. Because he, you don't want to make Kyler Murray run. You want to make him stand in the pocket and throw that ball. He can throw the ball down the field, but the thing is, though, is like if you make him in, stay in the pocket, he can't go anywhere. He's either gonna throw. He's he's got no choice but to throw the ball. And if he throws the ball, well, you know who knows what can happen when you throw the ball. Honestly, I mean, just ask Buffalo. Okay, they can contain him in the third. They allowed two rushing touchdowns, and they couldn't contain him at the end of the, the at the end of that game. And well, that's why Arizona's not on a five game losing streak. But I'm taking the Giants. I I'm taking the under in this game too. I don't think this game will, this game will get close to forty points. But I 
don't see it going over 40, anywhere near 45 and a half, honestly. Next, we have the 3 and 9 Dallas Cowboys going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cowboys are coming off a horrible loss to the Ravens after Lamar Jackson and company took a loss to the Steelers, well, minus Lamar Jackson. But, uh, yeah, no, the Cowboys, they're going into Cincinnati facing a Bengals team without Joe Burrow. Uh, it's what it's a shame what happened to Burrow with his torn ACL. Kids got a bright future, too, I think. He, he'll, they need to put people around him. They need to fix that offensive line. That offensive line is atrocious in Cincinnati. But the Cowboys' defense is bad too. They are historically bad. Okay, you've got bad. You got bad battle. Battle of the trenches here. It's awful. Like this. This. I don't know why this game isn't a pick 'em. Honestly, the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. Maybe it's because Andy Dalton's going back into Cincinnati uh, for the first time since they let him go. Could be a revenge game. Honestly, for Dalton. Dalton could maybe go off. Who knows? Cal- I'm taking the Cowboys uh, over unders forty two and a half. I think we'll hit the over on that one. I'll take the Cowboys minus three and a half. Actually, minus three and a half. It'll be actually no Cowboys straight up. I'm taking the Cowboys straight up. It it won't be a close game. The Bengals, they're the Bengals. Um, Cowboys have better have better players on offense. They've got Zeke Elliott. They've got they've got Michael Gallup. They've got Ceedee Lamb. They've got put. They've got Amari Cooper. You know, honestly, Cowboy the Cowboys. They're awful this season. They're trash, okay? They're the bottom feeders of the NFC East right now. Them and the Eagles. Who would have thought? Everybody thought that those two teams would be the teams competing in the division. But that's not how it is, I guess. Oh, well. Shit happens. Uh, next game we've got... I don't care about this game. Broncos and Panthers. Over-unders, 46.5. Panthers are favored by three. Uh, I'm not going to even give a... I don't care about this game. I don't, okay? Denver's, Denver's not good. Their corner one their one their cornerbacks just got suspended six games because he decided to take PEDs. Fucking idiot! Don't don't be fucking stupid. Don't take drugs, kids. Taking Carolina. Next on to uh, Houston and Chi- another game. I don't care about Houston and Chicago. Deshaun Watson is taking his Texans into Chicago to take on Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears. Over under is forty five and a half. The Texans are only favored by a point and a half, though, because of how good Chicago's defense is. You take away the stars of Chicago's defense, and the Chicago Bears are probably a team with only, like, two wins on the season. They're awful. When they were 5-1, and one, they were the worst 5-1 and one team in the league. I'm taking the Texans minus one and a half. I don't think it will be a close game at all. I think that the Texans' offense will... Do better than obviously better than the Bears' offense. It's gonna that's what's gonna come down to how well Watson and company can handle the Bears' defense. Next up, we've got Kansas City and Miami. Mahomes and company go into Hard Rock Stadium to take on the Dolphins, who are underdogs by a touchdown. The Dolphins are, by the way, if you, the Chiefs are favored by a touchdown. Over unders fifty and a half. Uh, I think we'll hit the over in this game. Miami's got Miami is a good team. Underrated team right now. They're very they're good. They could they could not make the playoffs based on what the rest of their schedule looks like. Honestly, I mean, Kansas City 
vying for that number one seed in the AFC. They're on a mission right now just to run it back, you know, go back to the Super Bowl. Nobody's really stopping them for the most part, barring a loss to the Raiders a few weeks back at Arrowhead. But they beat the Raiders again. But they beat the Raiders again when they met up in Vegas a couple a few weeks back a few weeks ago. So I really think that Kansas City's gonna pull it off, obviously. Any team with Patrick Mahomes, honestly. Any team with Patrick Mahomes. Man's gonna go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Next, we have the Vikings and the Bucks. Tampa Bay's team is favored by 6.5. The over-under is 52.5. Look, the Bucks are overrated. Plain and simple. You have Antonio Brown. You have Chris Godwin. You have Mike Evans. You have Rob Gronkowski. Okay, you have Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. He's not the GOAT. Okay, the GOAT, if you want to call him that, looks old. He looks tired. Okay, do you want him? Okay, he couldn't beat Nick Foles in the Bears. He couldn't beat Goff in the Rams. He lost to New Orleans twice, okay? The Bucks' defense is a good defense, though. But the thing is, though, is like it all depends on what Kirk Cousins is going to show up for the Vikings. Okay, is it the Kirk Cousins? Is is it the Kirk Cousins that we saw that won that playoff game against the Saints, or is it the Kirk Cousins that you know has an atrocious record on Monday Night Football that has like what two wins, one or two wins on Monday Night Football? I understand that they're not playing on a Monday night; it's a Sunday afternoon. But I don't know. Um, I'm taking the Vikings in this upset, though. Vikings plus six and a half. Next up is another game I don't care about. The Tennessee Titans head to the 1-11 Jacksonville Jaguars. They might as well just continue to tank for the rest of the season and hope that they get a top-two pick so they can either draft Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Derrick Henry's going to run all over them. Over-unders 52.5. Titans are favored by just more than a touchdown. I'm taking the Titans minus 7.5. I'm taking the uh, the over in this game. Him and Ho- Henry and Hollywood Brown are going to go off against this pathetic team next up we've got a game with major playoff implications right now we have the Colts taking on the Raiders in Vegas Philip Rivers will lead his team into Vegas to take on Derek Carr and the Raiders Raiders are underdogs by three over under is 50 and a half game's a toss-up in my opinion the Raiders almost lost to the Jets if it wasn't for cover zero and that moron Greg Williams Man, the Raiders would be a laughing stock right now, allowing the Jets to actually get a win. But they pulled it off. You know, Henry Ruggs was wide open. Cover zero. Works every time. Perfection. You know, great graphic I saw right after that game, you know, about like what the scheme was for the Jets. It was just a picture picture of a tank. A picture of a tank. That just goes to show how incompetent the Jets are as an organization. They fired Greg Williams because of one bad play, but yet they keep Adam Gase. But this game isn't about the Jets. This game is about the Colts and the Raiders. I am taking the Colts. Their defense will get the job done. One of the top defenses in the league. Uh, also, Vegas, you know, all depends on what Vegas shows up. Is it going to be the Vegas that competes with the Chiefs, or is it the Vegas that almost lost to the Jets? Colts. Colts, straight up. Actually, don't don't touch the point spread. Don't touch it. Too close to call. 
Next up, we have the other team that plays in MetLife heading to Seattle this week. The Seahawks are favored by 13.5 points. The over-under is 47.5. If any of you think that the New York Jets are going to do what the Giants did last week and hold Russell Wilson and company to 12 points, I want to know what fucking drugs you're on right now and let me have some of them, okay? Now, I know nobody actually thinks that, but if there is somebody out there, let me know what you're smoking, please. And how much are you paying for it, too? Um, the Jets suck. They stink. Okay, Gase, sh- Gase needs to get fired. He, I don't know why they fired a defensive coordinator for one bad call, for one awful call, but yet Gase has been making hundreds of awful calls this season. Okay? The only bright spot on the Jets' season is that they didn't allow the high-flying Bills offense to score a touchdown in MetLife back, uh, back a few weeks ago. Okay, the Jets stink. I'm taking the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks by a million. That probably won't. It's not going to happen, obviously, but it's going to be a blowout. Don't uh, take your take your lock of the week and put it on the Seahawks. Honestly, next up we've got another game uh, between the Falcons and the Chargers that I really don't care about. Both teams suck. Uh, Atlanta had already fired their coach. The Los Angeles Chargers are about to fire their coach. They have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert, though, whose talent may be wasted away in such an awful environment. But because of Herbert, I'm taking the Chargers. Over under 49.5. Chargers are underdogs by two. Take the the Chargers plus two, just to play it safe. Next up, we have an old NFC North division rivalry between the Packers and the Lions. Aaron Rodgers is on a tear this season. He is heading into Detroit to take on Matthew Stafford and the Lions. Now, the Lions are 5-7. and seven. Supposedly, they're still in the hunt. I don't think they're in the hunt. They fired Matt Patricia, who is an awful head coach, by the way. I don't know why they fired Jim Caldwell and replaced him with Matt Patricia. That that move made no sense to me, but it also just goes to show that the Lions are an incompetent organization. Now, Rodgers, on the other hand, you know, the Packers, they've got, like I said, Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scatling, okay? They've got, they've got, they've got, players. They've got weapons. They've got, you know, everybody talks about, oh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have people to throw the ball to. How come you don't uh, put wide receivers or tight ends around him? He's using what he's got around him, okay? He's going on a tear around the league, okay? Packers are going to take this one. I'm taking the Packers minus seven and a half, and I'm taking the over in this game as well at 55 and a half. Next up, we've got a, ba- a battle of two backups between Taysom Hill and the New Orleans Saints and Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, this game kind of wreaks mediocrity for me, mainly because it's the Eagles playing. The Eagles are just trash. We know how bad they've been all season. Cincinnati should be ashamed of themselves for even tying them. But then again, the Giants should be ashamed for blowing a, blowing a lead back to them on Thursday Night Football a few weeks back. And losing by one point. But beggars can't be choosers there. Um, I'm going to take the guy that is made to be a go-go gadget over the guy that could potentially replace Carson Wentz for the rest of the season. Just too much turmoil in Philly. Too much. Too many injuries. No good wide receivers. 
Hertz is just in a bad situation. He's being thrown into the fire here by Peterson. I don't know what Doug Peterson's game is, honestly. He may be he, he may just want to look for a way out, honestly. I mean, I personally believe that Peterson was never a Wentz guy, honestly. I've always thought he rode with Foles. And when Foles left, Peterson just kind of got pissed. So who knows how who knows what happens here? I'm taking the Saints though, minus six and a half. This game's not gonna be a close one. Next up, we've got the Washington football team taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Now, talk about two ends of the spectrum here. Both teams have the same record at 5-7, and seven, but one of them is in contention for the uh, for division title, and the other one is, well, in contention for a, a top pick. San Francisco's not making the They may not make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, honestly. They don't have Garoppolo. They don't have Kittle, okay, They've had 19 different transactions on, I, uh, on, on IR. They've had 50, almost 50 different starters uh, uh, on, throughout the entire team this season, okay? They've had issues with COVID. They, they can't even play in their own stadium. They've had issues with injuries. Like I said, they're currently in Arizona. They're playing in Arizona, for because of a rule that's right that Santa uh, Santa Clara County is not permitting contact sport, and that affected both the Niners and Stanford Cardinal. Just been a bad luck season for the Niners overall. Honestly, I feel bad for them, but I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I think they're going to win this game. I'm taking them, I'm taking them minus. I'm taking. I'm not touching a point spread minus three and a half minus plus minus three and a half. I'm not. I'm really not honestly. It's gonna be a close game. And I'm taking the under at forty two I'm taking the under forty three and a half as well. But the Niners will win this game. We'll make the playoffs though. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns. This is the first of two straight primetime games for the Browns as their next game on Sunday will be on Sunday night football against the Giants after that game on week fifteen was flexed into that position, and the Cowboys and 49ers game was taken out. Who would have thought the Cowboys being flexed out of prime time? Only 2020, I guess, right? Wrong. The Cowboys stink. Nobody wants to watch a 3-9 and, uh, and team, potentially 3-10 and 10 team, take on a 5-7 and seven team, potentially 5-8 and eight team, or potentially 6-7. and seven. Nobody wants to see that. I certainly don't. Actually, I would for comical purposes, but that's a side issue there. Another topic for another day. Lamar Jackson's back. Two touchdown passes and a rushing touchdown against the Cowboys. Baker Mayfield is fine, is proving his doubters wrong. Okay, They're playing really well without Odell Beckham Jr. too, by the way, who I don't think is a fit in Cleveland. They have no chemistry there between Baker and Odell. They have a good run game. Jarvis Landry's getting the job done. But I'm going to take Baltimore. Cleveland always has trouble against the top AFC North opponents. Can't beat Pittsburgh, can't beat Baltimore. This continues. Now we've got our game of the week. Sunday night football in Orchard Park, New York. The 11-1, yes, I know, 11-1. I, I still can't believe Pittsburgh lost to the football team. Then again, nobody, nobody can either. The 11-1 Pittsburgh Steelers head into Buffalo 
to Orchard Park to take on the 9-3 Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is was on a tear last week, going 32-40 with almost 400 yards passing and four touchdowns against a defense that played zone like, like Syracuse basketball does. Okay? Honestly, he, did, he had a great game. I'm not taking that away from him. San Francisco has a great defense, but they played zone almost all night. Had to get out of that. He was able to read it. He was able to read read the room really well. Okay, couple wide open wide receivers. Take advantage of that, honestly. Just get it done. Um, Pittsburgh has Marquise Pouncey and James Conner coming back. I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the over of forty eight on this game. Taking the over. The only reason why I'm taking the over is I believe that this will be an offensive game. I feel like Pittsburgh's offense may finally show up after two piss-poor performances, and Buffalo's offense has been on a tear as of late, honestly. But as I think Buffalo is the better team going into this game, Pittsburgh is going to win the game, and I'm going to take Pittsburgh plus one and a half just to play it safe. And with that, that concludes... Okay, now we will go on to the best thing that I saw today, and that is that Napoli played their first home game in their newly renamed stadium, the Estadio Diego Armando Maradona. Diego Armando Maradona passed away a couple weeks ago at the age of 60 because of cardiac and heart issues and heart failure. He is considered God in Naples, winning their only two Serie A titles in the 80s and taking Napoli to their only European trophy as well, being victorious in the 1989 UEFA Cup. Diego Maradona is also considered one of the greatest players of all time in the history of soccer, carrying Argentina to the 1986 World Cup single-handedly, where they defeated West Germany in the final by a score of 3-2. to two. He is considered God. Okay, he scored one of the greatest goals in World Cup history in the 1986 World Cup and scored one of the most infamous goals in the 1986 World Cup as well. Both of them in the same game against England. Okay, one it was scored by the hand of Maradona and the hand of God. We kind of know the story if you follow soccer. But Napoli renamed the stadium after him after he passed because he like I said he's God in Napoli okay they wanted to do it while he was alive but Italian law forbids that because they don't want politicians naming buildings and other things after themselves while they're in political power so only only buildings and other stuff can be named after somebody after they die, sadly. So Diego Maradona did not get to see this stadium, San Paulo, named after him because of this rule. But it's a nice fitting touch for such a legendary character of the game. A man who is such loved and revered in Naples. There's murals of him all over the city. It's beautiful. They treated him like a god. He was a king to them. And honestly, it's it's a fitting touch. It really is, honestly. The Estadio Diego Armando Maradona. Props to Napoli. God speaks to them, too. And it's still sad to see Diego gone too soon. True legend of the game. Rest in peace. Now we will move on to the worst thing that I saw today. 
And that is the Los Angeles Clippers have decided to sign Paul George to a four-year, $190 million max extension. Why? Just why? First off, do you really want to build around Paul George? That's what this contract says. Okay, you still have Kawhi Leonard on your team, two-time NBA champion, two-time defensive player of the year, two-time finals MVP, and you have Paul George alongside him who took shots at Doc Rivers because he didn't like the style of play that he was performing and that he was being asked to do. And Doc Rivers decided to chirp back. Ty Lue is on the bench next to me. It's going to be the same thing, buddy. Okay, so Doc's got jokes off topic there. But Paul George, a four-year, $190 million max extension, really? The same man that hit the side of a backboard? The same man that disappears in the playoffs all the time? Okay, in my opinion, though, Paul George really hasn't been the same since he broke his leg in a USA exhibition at Thomas and Mack Center in Vegas. And how many years ago was that? Okay, I don't think this is a deal. This is the right deal. For, him, for them, I don't think this is a great move on their part, okay? Kawhi Leonard can opt out of his current deal next summer. He's signed through 2022, okay? I mean, the Clippers gave up a lot for Paul George, so I can understand why they signed him to this deal. They don't have picks until probably like 2030, I think. It's, it's really ridiculous that all the picks that they gave up for Paul George. I mean, Presti took all those picks and ran in Oklahoma City, which, I mean, smart on him, honestly. I mean, you know, Paul George, like, really wasn't a fit there either, in my opinion. He's, like, he's a player that's above all-star capability, but he's not, like, a superstar-capable player yet. He's kind of like, you know, kind of like a... Uh, kind of like a Scottie Pippen. I really don't want to say he's kind of like a Scottie Pippen, but the same, because, you know, Scottie Pippen proved to be able to perform without Michael Jordan in 1994. I mean, but the thing is, though, is like, you know, in my opinion, Paul George really isn't worth four years under $90 million. Let's just hope this doesn't come back to bite the Clippers in the ass, and let's just hope that Kawhi Leonard chooses not to leave the Clippers because it can all come crumbling down, or who knows, it may work. We'll see how this one works out. But that's the worst thing I saw today. And with that, that concludes the first episode of of my podcast. Thank you for coming into Jerry's World. I hope you were able to enjoy it and explore it. Next week, we'll go over the Week 14 results, take a look at my pick record. We'll look into Week 15, and I'll allow you to explore my thought process again as well. Stay safe out there. Take it easy.